This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. This is Sarah. This is Jenna. We're from Name Three Songs, and today we are getting candid with Lizzie Esau. She started out playing open mics in early 2020, and of course, pandemic happened, so she turned inwards to hone in her songwriting, and she's now emerged with a full band and a lively grunge rock sound. All summer, Lizzie's been out on tour, and she's about to do her own headlining tour across the UK this November. And her debut EP, Deepest Blue, came out earlier this summer. So we're getting candid with Lizzie Esau about how she found her sound at a time without live music, how drinking culture inspired her song Bleak Sublime, and how England's history of rock music and culture continues to shape today's artists. So with all that being said, we will be back with Lizzie in a minute. Hi, Lizzie. Thanks so much for joining us today. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Same, same. So jumping into things, right before the pandemic, you started playing open mics, then COVID happened, there was no live music for a while. So how has it been now that you've been able to tour with a full live band? It's really changed everything. Like it's changed the music, like full stop. It's changed like recording. It has changed everything. Like I first got in contact with the drummer like absolutely years ago just before lockdown actually maybe a little bit a couple of years before lockdown and then it was just like friends of his and that I still work with and everything that formed around it and then you know now I don't just make demos I take them to the band and the band will like you know arrange with us and it like will produce and make these songs into what they are together so it's changed everything and like also now when you write a song you think about a live show as well which I just did wasn't doing before yeah so yeah everything's changed (laughs) you've like gotten to tour a lot like last year and this year and you even have some headlining dates coming up what has it been like for you going from being (laughs) being by yourself writing music Mm -hmm. to then being in front of people and now like you're saying it's changed so much as far as like what is that feeling of like being able to play live shows it is amazing it makes it more real it makes like what I'm doing or what I would sit and do kind of on my own and have a great time doing it. Like I still, you know, start the songs a lot of the time or have that time with them on my own, which is nice, but it makes it like, it puts it in the real world, if you know what I mean. And it like, it makes the connections that are important. Like it reaches out to other people, you know, who are relating to the subject I'm talking about maybe, or just like similar music that I like and want to make music like. It just, yeah, it makes it feel really real. Yeah, especially meeting people who are like into it acts like wild. I mean, it must be such a crazy experience. Like you were saying how like everything's different now. Like, mm-hmm. do you feel like your songwriting and just mu- the music creation in general, like the way in which you were going about it bef- before lockdown to now, like do you feel like you've really had to change your headspace in regards to how you handle all of that? I feel like definitely because before it was like, I, I want to say like 100% introspective, if you know what I mean everything yeah. that I would write from being because I, I started writing little rhymes or songs and stuff. I was like a, a kid like I just like it's something that I just love to do and I just grew up and mm-hmm. throughout life I just like wrote about whatever was happening like my rabbit dying or you know, random things that would happen <laughs> through being a kid or whatever so mm-hmm. and it was all and it sounds like really selfish or whatever it was all just about me it was just about like 
yeah. feelings or whatever. In the odd time, I'd write little story songs. But now, now that it feels like it's in the real world and real people react to it, I'm like, this isn't just my world anymore, if you know what I mean. It's not just my, mm, like, yeah. my therapy or my, like, little way of thinking about things. It's like, there's a real, you know, band around it. There's other people involved in the songs. There's producers, there's a manager. And it becomes this, like, bigger thing. And then, you know, a massively important part of it is the response you get back. So now when I'm writing a song, you do have that moment where it's like reflection, but then it's also like, how are people going to react to this live? And like, mm, what do I yeah. want to say to like yeah. the world? You know, and like, even if yeah. not many people know the music right now, like it's sometimes it's quite an empowering thing to have. Like, this is like I know this is my voice. If you know what I mean, I can be political yeah. if I want to be, or I can talk about this if I want to. It's really cool to hear you say that. Like you have the people you're performing for and like the people who are going to be like digesting your music like Mm. in mind when you're creating it and I think that's really interesting because like obviously like fans and like music lovers are something that artists always do think about but I feel Mm. like in a sense there were like a couple of months there where it felt like maybe we're never gonna have live music back again like maybe we're not gonna have this moment and I feel like there have been a lot of artists who were getting started like like just at the beginning of their careers like right before everything happened and now watching artists like you like get to go like full steam ahead it's like really cool and hearing like I don't know I just feel like it's kind of changed the way a lot of people are thinking about music and thinking about music creation because something that didn't feel like fragile all of a sudden became fragile and it's like oh like that can get taken away from me in a second and now there's like a lot more focus on the interaction and like being aware that there are these people who are listening to the music yeah I know what you mean I think for me as well being able to go to live shows again like it wasn't only playing shows it was like yeah because that's been quite a gradual build over like the past year getting to play bigger and bigger shows then it becomes you get more of a connection you're more confident in your show but I think a big thing for me since COVID as well as seeing more shows myself like there's been so many Mm. like shows that I've seen that's made me want to go away and like write more songs and like want to replicate that feeling that I've got not necessarily like trying to even play to the crowd that we have right now it's like out that feeling that I get when I'm stood at a show and I'm like this music is like doing something to me it's like that's when I want to replicate like for everyone in the room for us like performing it and for them and I mean I know Wonder Horse when I saw them I was very much like this is like such an immersive experience I want to replicate that and then naturally I feel like my songwriting maybe now maybe to come will hopefully Mm. have more of that feeling in it so I think yeah I've loved going to more gigs I think that's maybe been even more beneficial I don't know I love this I love (laughs) this so much because to Sarah and I live music is like so so important and we come from like a music photography background so like capturing that experience is like part of our art and our craft too but I'm super curious on your perspective on this being from the UK and coming from like the rock scene that's there because the UK has such like a strong and supportive like alternative rock indie rock scene there and historically a lot of bands have come out of England that were 
kind of just like ahead of the game as far as like what was even happening in America. I mean, obviously the Beatles, a huge example, the Sex Pistols, like there's been a lot of rock movements that have come from England. So I'm curious for you, like living in this, growing up in this, do you feel like influenced and inspired by this, like such a rich music culture? I think definitely, like a hundred percent. I think it's a big thing in the UK in general. It's like huge, but also like in my family, it's huge. You know, my dad is like still in a band, was in a band growing up. He's like (laughs) iconic really. Yeah. And like my mum's like artist, she's like art teacher, painter. So I feel like Mm. creativeness was around me, but in general, like wider music is just a huge thing. It's like, especially like the history of like this genre of music that we're in is like incredible and like listening back to like stuff like the Beatles and just like old stuff my dad would show me like Radiohead or whatever I don't know it's just I really love going back and reminding myself of those songs like sometimes yeah music nowadays I love music nowadays I do but sometimes it's like I feel like it's kind of got another agenda sometimes where it's like you kind of got to try and get on the radio or whatever or and there's so much good music out there and so many people who probably don't even care about any of that but it's easy as an artist to like only think about that so it's nice to go back and remind myself of like the songs that got me into music when I was a kid and remind myself of that feeling I feel yeah we're no I totally get that I feels like we're in an era of chasing virality whether Mm. that's tiktok virality like radio whatever it is like producing songs that are meant to capture an audience and meant to be an earworm but i think it's like when you look at music history of what has stood the test of time like being true to yourself and writing stories that resonate is always gonna have more longevity than like a tiktok moment yeah i think it's so true and it's like i feel like i try and remind myself of that but i don't know if i'm just reminding myself of that because i'm not tiktok successful i'm just trying to reassure myself i'm like no i'm in it for the long run like i don't i don't even want this but yeah maybe it's like but i know what you mean it's that sort of like short term like quick rise that some people do really well but a lot of the time it's too much pressure or it's like yeah unsustainable but yeah it is it feels like almost to get one of these viral hits or I don't know a lot of time it might be quite organic or whatever but it seems like you kind of have to play into it a bit you kind yeah. of like making a TikTok sounding song it's almost like a new genre in itself of like yeah. the yeah, TikTok absolutely. sound it's like a game you can play but it's not a game I think many genuine artists want to play I don't know but then you know yeah. I'm sure there's many people who have a TikTok successful who are great artists but I don't think I can do both. <laughs> the internet has really like changed what fame is and what success looks like mm-hmm. and like the idea of a rock star in certain ways because like I'm thinking of the Beatles or the Rolling Stones or even like the Brit pop era of like Blur and Oasis and that kind of those kind of artists like it was such a different time and I feel like there was that thing where there was room for people who didn't really like fit a certain societal norm to like find success and do all Mm -hmm. that stuff and it's been interesting watching kind of like as 
artists have become more kind of wary of social media where it went from at the beginning like oh now I can completely control the narrative I love this to now being Mm -hmm. like oh the narrative is so controlled that now I like don't even know how to promote my music or what to do with it anymore and so with that thought in mind like because like we we still have we still have rock stars like we have Alex Turner like we were talking about Mm -hmm. how you've played with the Amazons earlier and like in a way like they're rock stars too but it's like it's so different and so I guess for you like in the fact that like you do play kind of like rock adjacent music and stuff like do you feel like your idea of what a rock star was when you maybe first started playing music to now has changed and like why has it changed yeah it is different I kind of there is this like when you think of rock star you think of this like image or like I think of like Debbie Harry or I think of like this like this like full-on image but then I think the deeper I get into music myself the more I realize like it is literally just an image it's like what I'm thinking of is probably one iconic photo shoot it's one second of their lives and it's like the real thing is like them in the studio for days on end like or them like slogging it across the country or many countries you know being on tour and stuff that's like the more I'm in it the more I'm like that's the reality of like they probably had to do all these hours and hours and it's probably not as glamorous as I thought it was yeah but then I do have this like vision in my mind of like that's what a rock star is and like the party life or whatever but I think it has completely changed it's just not like that anymore everything's so much quicker there's like the turnover for everything like life's just feels like it's quicker I don't know if that's yeah right yeah. but I feel like staying relevant's a thing it's like you can't just release a song and keep promoting it and promoting it it's like as soon as it's a couple of weeks old no one wants to hear about it like I'm, I mean no one is yeah. in like the, uh, the the behind the scenes stuff you know radio or whatever and it's really hard to plug a song that's already come out they're just like that's not right. you so it's like everything's yeah. about what's relevant, what's new, what's the newest thing, unless mm. you get a viral moment, which is hard. Yeah, no, I think it's definitely a very difficult era right now and kind of the singles era thing of people mm. just releasing loads of singles and like, oh, hey, now it's an album, even though you've already heard all these songs. <laughs> yeah. like, it's just kind of crazy. But I like what you were saying a minute ago about like this idea of the rock star and it's kind of like an image and like that's not necessarily like how their life was all the time, but in thinking of that like the ethos of rock and like leaning into like the fashion and the creativity that goes along with it and like this image do you feel like when you're approaching your art you want to have like an an image for yourself or like almost like a persona or like a persona when you're on stage I think definitely like maybe a bit earlier on I know really we've only probably been doing shows for like two years and only really a year of tours really but Mm. I do feel like especially at the start I feel like I had to give myself a persona because it's like, Mm -hmm. for me anyway, I had to like separate myself. But then I think the more I realised, the more shows I've done, it's been many now, the more I kind of realised maybe this wasn't a facade I was putting on. I'm just letting myself be confident. Like I'm not going out there pretending to be someone else. I'm just like, not like everyday if you know what I mean I'm not like you're like yourself personified yeah I just like let the creative side of myself like take over a hundred percent I try to because it's hard because you never just even though I write songs or do whatever it's never who I am a hundred percent of the time I've still got to 
feed myself or like do this or that or think about other things or you know but it's like in that moment in the half an hour or hour or whatever you're on it's like no this is everything I can let it take over everything and it's nice to put that into like being fun with like more makeup or less or whatever you feel like just being like this is fully this is just about being creative right now like just do it and it's really like freeing and I love that and I want to do it more and this like image rock star thing it's it's hard because I feel like I don't want to just like dress myself up as what I think a rock star should be if you know what I mean as well which is quite hard because I feel like that's probably what you would want to lean into just being well to be fair I do go out and just wear massive black eyeliner so I kind of (laughs) am just doing that right now well it's like it's embodying the moment like you were talking about like your songwriting style and like thinking about the live show and like when you go to live shows wanting to like recreate that feeling for other people in your own sets and stuff and I feel like even if it feels a bit like playing dress up, like everybody's doing that every day. Mm. Like anytime you leave the house, it kind of feels like that. And I'm not putting on a rock show. And I feel, <laughs> I feel like yeah. I'm putting on like a costume to go live my life. So yeah, like I feel like if it's one of those things where you're like, this is like who I want to be right now. This is what I need to do. And if it's right. the best way to get into that headspace, like that's what you got to do. And I feel like that's really cool. And, like, kind of fun also to, like, know that at the same time, like, while you're doing this, you feel a bit like, am I, like, what is this? (laughs) Because I feel like that's the whole point of, like, making music. Self-discovery. Yeah, it's, like, figuring yourself out. Yeah, I think definitely in, like, how far I can, like, not how far I can push myself, because I think it's really a fine line. It's a hard thing to, like, try and work out in my, in, like, your own mind, being, like, am I pushing myself unauthentically out of my comfort zone or am yeah. I just like expressing myself to a point where it feels a little bit uncomfortable but it's like an exciting place to be but then it's a worry in your mind am I am I just being unauthentic here am I putting on like some sort of like mask and not actually being myself but I feel like you know when it feels wrong yeah and you know when it feels exciting and yeah and I'm like always trying to like push what's exciting like do I want to wear this yeah. costume or do always like or am I just gonna be me and if that's like yeah. whatever you decide to wear that day or whatever, go with that. You're bringing life to your music because it's mm-hmm. like really at the end of the day, it's like a song is like a sonic moment. But like when you're creating it, it's like something you write down and then you turn it into music and it just like continuously becomes this bigger piece of art. Mm-hmm. And so that's really what you're doing when you go about like creating this live show thing. And I mean, like, and speaking of like your songs and your songwriting, like I was reading about like the themes that you cover specifically in your song, Bleak Sublime. And I was really intrigued by it because like I lived in England for a while. And when I Mm -hmm. went to uni there, like it was mind blowing to me, just like the party culture and like the drinking culture, because like that exists in America, but it's like illegal. Whereas like in uni, you show up and they're like, oh yeah, there's like the <laughs> the student union pub, like there's parties like every night of the week. And like social drinking became something that I became so aware of that I was like, oh, like what, <laughs> what, what is this? And so I thought it was really interesting how you have mentioned before that like there's a focus within like the themes of the song on drinking being such a big part of both like student life and also the live show experience. 
um, mm. and how it was like a weird time in life to be like experiencing all of that. I feel like a lot of people just kind of forgot how to socialize after being locked in their houses for a little while. Yeah. But like social drinking is such a big part of like UK culture and UK student life. And it has the positives and the negatives of it, which you have mentioned. But like what made you want to write a song that focused on something like this? I think it was just something I was like aware of in like subconscious or just like thoughts I was having in general just yeah. in my life not necessarily thinking I want to write a song about it but then yeah. I'll just be sat on my laptop or whatever and I'm like got a bit of a rhythm or there's like a I had like the keys part down and I was just looping it over and over and just listening to this loop and I started just mm-hmm. singing the words leak sublime over it I just like I just liked I just I guess the words in my mind just fit together yeah just came out um, and then I just started like singing a bit of verses and whatever. And then I was like, oh, the bleak sublime. It's like this like juxtaposed thing. And I was like, oh, yeah. it's kind of like the verse. And then I started writing the verses and it's like the kind of words about drink came to me. And this sounds like so yeah. stupid, but it's like almost in my subconscious. I'm like tr- piecing things that I'm thinking about with yeah. things. Yeah, and, yeah, just, yeah. and it like sort of happens and then you sit back and you like listen to what you've just done. And you're like, hmm this is about this like it like yeah. happens and then you're like that's what it's about so yeah. Leaks of Lime like came from that it's basically just about how sad I was because I was just aware like sometimes if I was drinking or if other people were how much more confident I would feel and I was like isn't yeah. it sad that I'm only this confident when I've had <laughs> a drink and that's why it's a huge thing yeah maybe in student culture when you're meeting loads of new people you're out in the world kind of on your own and you don't know I just talked to people or I didn't really yeah something that could just help you along yeah or whatever people need for that and I'm like isn't it sad that I'm only capable to a certain extent I've had to like drink or whatever but it's not it wasn't a big thing like I was I definitely wasn't yeah. a big drinker it was very socially and it was very like occasionally yeah but it's kind of like like I say I, I did definitely emphasize it for the song and yeah, yeah, it's one tiny moment, one tiny thought in your yeah. student life. But when you're writing songs, like you fixate on these one little points and blow them up into one big discussion, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So I hope it like speaks on a wider issue, if you know what I mean. I think it's super relatable. And like mm. in listening to it and then reading about the themes in the song, I just was like, oh, like I totally get this. Like mm. my friends in uni would like make a joke of being like oh like once we're like three drinks and Sarah can have one because like Americans can just talk to everyone and like us us British people need like a couple of drinks to to, like function on that level and it's like (laughs) but I think we can all relate to it because even like with them saying that I'm like no it makes everybody feel comfortable and that Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that like all the time people are thinking about like god I need a drink to like talk to people in the office Mm -hmm. or anything like that but I feel like Especially with gigs and like these situations where you're kind of like maybe going alone because you really love the artist. And there's like the two sides of music where it's like you want that deep connection with the music and experiencing the live show and all that. But also like there is the potential for community and people coming together. So I think Mm. that that's like also why the social drinking has such a big connection to live shows and music. Yeah, it's definitely like linked hand in hand like drinking culture and gig culture I think because it's just one big party 
a lot of the time depends yeah, what yeah. gig you're at but even any gig really in the UK having to it's just like a big thing it's like you're going to enjoy yourself a lot of the time drink comes with it and sometimes it's like yeah it's just so socially acceptable over here you know I just haven't lived outside this country so I don't really know yeah how it like compares but it, it does seem like it is a big thing especially in student life you know yeah it's a big thing and gigs and stuff people it's just natural to have a drink even especially in like band culture you know before a show you might have a drink or like after the show yeah. you celebrate you'll have a drink or to get on stage you will or whatever and yeah but now we're just kind of like we've, we've done so many shows so sober it's like because you almost <laughs> think that sort of feeling like times a thousand like when I'm about to go on stage yeah. when I was like yeah just starting out and stuff and I was like no I have to have a drink before I get on stage like yeah, it's yeah. Like you, you get over it and yeah like you get over yeah, the I mean, idea but that's also <laughs> rock and roll history yeah. right like people using drugs and drink to feel some kind of thing mm-hmm. because they're going on stage and because they're doing these crazy performances and like doing it night after night yeah. but also like in thinking of songwriting like songwriting can be such a personal journey for like a lot of people and also like for you like writing a lot of your songs being alone like in the midst of pandemic and everything do you ever feel like when writing it's like so personal that you're like hesitant to show it to other people or like you feel like you need to keep it to yourself or anything like that I think I do I think no I, de- I definitely feel that and there's been songs, there's been songs that I've released and I'm just like, I'm just not going to fully tell anyone what it's about because I'll make these yeah, songs. What it's about. And I'm like, I just love the song and I like what it's saying and I think you could apply it to like wider issues or whatever. Yeah. But sometimes there'll be songs that I'm like, I'll try and make it really obscure what it's about, but I know deep down because for so long, for being so young, I have just used it as a way. If I want to talk about something, if I've got an issue or feel sad or whatever I'll write a song about it or I'll sit and just like listen to music relating to it or yeah like from other artists even or or I'll sit and I'll like get it out via music or whatever and sometimes it'll never see anything or sometimes it'll turn into something I like and if it does I'll just like not really tell anyone what it's about but it is like a vulnerable thing and I can't really control what I really like it's it's rare basically is what I'm trying to say that I'll yeah. pick my subject matter before I just start blurting out ideas. Yeah. And I'll just sing things yeah. and then things will come out. And I'm like, okay, this is what I'm really want trying to talk about. I don't know. It's almost like I have yeah. to like force myself to like yeah. Yeah. tell me how yeah. you really feel. Have you had experiences before where like at the live shows where you've met fans and then they'll be like, oh, like this specific song really like resonated with me. And have any of those songs ever been one of the ones where you've been like, oh, maybe, maybe that was a little bit too much to put out there. And then it kind of like validated the fact that you did give it to the, to the people. Yeah. I think people latch on to, it's a song on the EP. It it wasn't a single Mm -hmm. roadkill that song. It's kind of like, it's quite dark to be honest. And even when I was writing it, I was like, wow, why am I going to say that? And I just did it and sent it in a batch of demos and people liked it as a song not necessarily for the lyrics mm. i don't think but then people will come up to me and be like i really like roadkill like that i relate with that one and it's got quite strong like chorus lyrics if you know what i mean that i thought were way too cheesy or way too whatever or too obvious to like be anything but yeah i guess they just it just caught on we, we did that song in the studio and i was like I'm not going to change the lyrics. I thought about it. It was kind of placeholder. But I was like, that's what I was feeling at the time, you know? And it's just about like, oh, 
someone being a user and there's a bit where like you just shouting out like you're such a user and literally like word for word and I hear I see people shout it back I'm like I'm glad I put this out because I feel like we're feeling this anger yeah. together which is good <laughs> yeah I think it's a thing of like it's scary to be vulnerable or it's scary to write things that are so personal but it's like so many experiences are relatable to so many people and so it's like almost that vulnerability is what connects us and someone being brave enough to put it out there in the world yeah I think definitely I think yeah it's a thing that everyone's trying to prove how perfect they are and no no nothing's wrong with me or whatever and then as soon as you say a vulnerability everyone's like oh my god same you know as soon as you open up everyone will open up so it just takes like one open up (laughs) yeah (laughs) i think that's the really beautiful thing about music and like Mm. sharing music and finding artists when they're smaller and that kind of thing because you actually can have that experience like as a fan to be like I really appreciate that you were vulnerable in this song because Mm -hmm. it allowed me to like come to terms with like feelings or experiences in my own life that maybe I hadn't before and I just think that's really really cool I'm happy that I have a way of like getting stuff out for myself if you know what I mean like I've got songwriting or like I feel like probably a lot of creative people or maybe people filled with sport or whatever I wouldn't know because I'm not very sporty myself but like have like some sort of like vessel to like get stuff out onto like even better if like other people can relate because I know through like just being a music fan myself listening to music really helps me or like making music really helps me and I always say it and I always feel really lucky to like have something that I know I can just go to if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like I can, if yeah. I'm feeling something, I can go to music and I'll be fine. I love that so much. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. And I mean, so like we've talked about the fact that you're doing a short headline tour. We mentioned that in the beginning and like you've had an EP that came out over the summer, but like what do you have planned for the rest of the year other than tour? And also like, where are you hoping that you're going to be in your artist journey this time next year? For the rest of the year, we've got, we're working on a lot of new songs so we were in the studio I want to say like last month for a Mm -hmm. like not a long time I can't afford to be in the studio for a long time we're in there (laughs) like working on some things and it was really it was really fun we really love the music that's come from that we're trying to get it so we're really happy with it so yeah there's like gonna be a good batch of new songs ready to just like go in the new year which isn't for the rest of this year so that wasn't even answering the question. But we're working <laughs> on the music this end of the year. Then we've got the touring. Yeah, it's really nice, though, to sit and, you know, when just releasing an EP, it's quite nice to sit and just take, like, a tiny bit of time to be, like, the next thing. There's always a rush and a panic. Like we were saying before about the singles, culture, and yeah. everything. There's always a pressure to be, like, put something out, put something out. And right. we could we could just, like, throw something out now or whatever. But being like, actually, no, EP's just come out, take time, make it exactly yeah. how you want it. Yeah. And like, I would have pride in it anyway, because I've never put something out I don't love. But just taking time to be like, actually, like, there's no time pressure, really. Like, what will stand the test of time is putting out the best song, not the right. song the quickest. Which is contrary to exactly how the industry works right now. But in my mind, that's what yeah. I tell myself. <laughs> so... 
Yeah. And I think also like the gift to yourself to have that space and time mm-hmm. to like have the mental break to be creative, but also the gift to people to be able to sit with the work that you've made and not devaluing that either. And like letting them enjoy that that record until the next one comes around. Mm-hmm. And with all that, I, we have a little wrap up question. Mm-hmm. The ethos of Name Three Songs is to empower fangirls. And we think it's important to celebrate the things that we love unapologetically. So Lizzie, what are you a fangirl of? Well, many things. <laughs> well, that's such a bad answer. Any live music, I will just go and I'll lap it up and enjoy it and fully love yes. anything. But also, like, this is so off topic. Lord of the Rings. Like, I'm such a big Lord of the Rings fan. I love and, like, that. I like it so much. Like, I pretend. No, I don't even pretend not to be. But I'm just like, is it cool? No. Do I care? No. I don't care. Like, I just <laughs> love. I'm a. I'm just like a complete nerd at heart so that lord of the rings and then live music that i like forever everyone is a nerd about something yeah many people are nerds about harry potter (laughs) it's totally fair to be a nerd about i'm a nerd about twilight it's totally fair to be a nerd about lord of the rings nerd fangirl i guess i am a bit of a fangirl yeah yeah love everybody that. is love that. there's like different words for it mm-hmm. depending on what you're a fangirl of but at the end of the day we're just all fangirls really yeah for so many things <laughs> so many things well thank you lizzie this has been so lovely and we love your music we are very much looking forward to what's coming out next so thank you for joining us today Aww, thank you for having me thank you After I've spent some more time with Lizzie's music, I just genuinely love her. And I think we kind of say this every time, but it's so amazing being able to talk to artists and like, you know, hear their music as one thing, but then be able to have these conversations of like kind of how they got to where they are now. And I think, you know, for her, it's such a unique situation of she wasn't fully playing in a band before pandemic and then coming out the other side of it. She's like, here's me and my band, like we're ready to go. And I'm like, that is impressive. Yeah, I think also that goes to show from like the way she was talking about putting on that rock star persona and like doing the makeup and getting dressed up for shows and all of this and how at first it felt kind of like putting on a costume until she was like, no, I'm a rock star. I can do this. I am a rock star. Yeah, (laughs) we are all rock stars. Literally. And I was just like, that's such an interesting thought because it's something I never really thought about when it comes to like the rock stars that I love and like their show get up versus like how they dress in the real world and like all that stuff I've never thought about like oh they're putting on a costume like no they're putting on their rock star life you know (laughs) um (laughs) but I think it probably has a lot to do with the fact that like she went from open mics which are not it's not the same thing as like playing in a rock band like doing an open mic night to a year of isolation because of the pandemic to then coming out the other side and so it's like that juxtaposition is such a big thing yeah so the idea of like going from isolation to them putting on like her rock star uniform and feeling like it being a rock star costume like i can totally relate to why she would feel that way and also the more you wear it the more you step into the persona the more it becomes who you are so exactly i think we should exactly. all should wear our rock star costumes <laughs> when we go outside for real 100 so percent <laughs> So thanks for getting candy with us and Lizzie Esau. This has been Sarah and Jenna from Name Three Songs. And to get your pop culture fix, to hear more about my personal hatred towards Justin Timberlake and more, you can listen to new episodes of Name Three Songs podcast every Wednesday. That's name the number three song on all podcast platforms. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. 
If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for season nine. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today.